This is an ABC podcast. Every time we plan a new season here at Parental As Anything headquarters, we ask the question, what do parents want to know most? And guess what the number one questions parents across the world Google more than any other question? No, not how to get rid of nets, or can hand sanitizer be swallowed? It's how to be a good parent. We are bashing ourselves senseless, trying to be perfect, trying to present this image of high standards and, you know, we're really nailing it. Stop trying to impress other people because they don't really care what you're doing. Hi, I'm Maggie Dent and I'm kicking off this season of Parental as Anything with the answer to that question, how to be a good parent. And the answer is way more simple than you think it is. As a solo parent, the days can be quite long. So at the end of the week, I do get quite tired. And one evening, my daughter, who will be turning 10, said she wasn't tired. So I decided to just have a quick lay down. I woke at about two in the morning. I still found her sitting on the couch watching her YouTube videos where she had made her own macaroni and cheese and popcorn. We went to swimming lessons and I completely forgot to take clothes for them. And so they just had to come home naked in the car. And I was kind of laughing at myself. And then this lady said, oh, did mummy forget your clothes again? And I just thought, really? Why did she have to say that to me? My second son, he was two or three years old and we were invited for a play date at a friend's house. I was talking with the mother. Suddenly we hear like a crashing, something breaking into a thousand pieces. And there was my son standing up next to the porcelain ornaments and he broke something and I was so embarrassed. So, let's be honest, have you Googled how to be a good parent? All parents grapple with that question and we ask ourselves, are we doing this right? Am I mucking up my kids? What's the secret to this parenting caper? And so we look to Google for answers. When actually, it turns out that if you've taken the time to Google it, then you're already a good enough parent. We all think we need to be better parents, but in fact, the best thing for your kids is if you're a good enough parent. Dr Susie O'Brien is a journalist and columnist with a PhD in education and the author of The Secret of Half-Assed Parenting. Susie, what is meant by good enough parenting? Good enough parenting gives parents permission to trust their instincts. And it says to them, you've got this, you're okay, you're doing well enough already. You don't need to be super hyper and perfect, you're good just the way you are. And how's being good enough potentially better for our child than, you know, striving for the Insta textbook, perfect parent, (laughs) got it all under control, all the balls in the air? Because being anything much more than good enough takes so much energy and so much effort that it's driving us all bonkers. It's not making us happy and it's not making our kids happy. And kids are much better when we back off and when we let them do things for themselves and make mistakes and get dirty and all the good things that we did as kids. 
they are better off for it. Susie, when you hear that how to be a good parent is the absolute most Google search term in parenting, that's a little bit worrying. And I just want to know, you know, how do you feel about that? Look, I get it. Because everybody wants to do a good job. You know, like we've all worked so hard to get here. You know, we've had our kids, we've gone through all the hard bits and now we just want to do a really good job. And, you know, I remember when I was um, first had my oldest son, I was sure I was going to be a perfect parent, better than good enough. I was going to be perfect. I think it was probably the influence of some very good hospital drugs. And, you know, by the time I had number two, my attitude was she'll be right because I'd already done it once before and I hadn't mucked that up. By number three, it was a, mm, lucky no one saw me do that. And you know what? The kids are better off for it. Yeah, it's really interesting because I <laughs> want parents to feel that you've got someone here who's actually made those less than perfect moments. And I really did only leave one of my sons at the pool, only once, because what happens when we muck up, then we go, okay, I mustn't do that again, right? But, of course, if you keep leaving them at the pool, then we do have a problem. Look, I think we can all give ourselves a leave pass to make silly mistakes, and I like your attitude, once. You know, I only once gave my toddler son the car keys to play with, which he promptly then used to lock himself in the car. I only once left my baby daughter at the pool crash, so I'm hearing you, (laughs) and I drove all the way home before I remembered, not that she was there, but that she existed at all because she was only a few weeks old and perhaps I was (laughs) a little bit crazy from just giving birth. So I think it's really good that we not only let ourselves make these mistakes, but actually own up to them. You know, on social media, there's just so much kind of hashtag blessed. When people are kind of hashtag full of crap. It's interesting because I, obviously, it's been a long time since I was parenting. I am right in the midst of grandparenting. So I'm right familiar with how it is for today's parents. But I can't believe how hard our parents are on themselves, not just our mums, but our dads as well. And I know they take a lot of their fails deeply personally. How come that's evolved over all those years? I think that social media has a lot to do with it because we've got a pictorial guide, a showreel for other people's parenting. And it's also we're expected to present our own showreel of our greatest hits, all the things that we're nailing night after night, day after day. You know, I think we're not seeing our kids as much as we would like if we're working really long hours. And so the time that we're spending with them, we want to absolutely nail it. And we want everyone to kind of tell us that we're doing a good job. So we have to show them all the highlights highlights of our parenting. And what it's doing is kind of upping the ante at every turn. You've got people putting these photos of the first day of school or the big thing these days are the lunch boxes. Oh, and, um, goodness. You know, these days just a ham and cheese sandwich <laughs> and an apple don't cut it. You know, you have to be leaving a, a love note so your child knows they're loved and you have to be drawing a, um, a face on a banana <laughs> and cutting a sandwich into a unicorn shape with little eyes on it. <laughs> so not only are we comparing ourselves with each other, but we are often feeling that we're not living up to what everyone else is doing. Oh my goodness. If I reflect back on those days with the busy four little boys, if I had time to cut their sandwiches into unicorns, you know what the choice would be? I'd prefer to have a wee in peace or finish my cup of tea. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'd have to prioritise that. Just taste exactly the same. You can't taste shapes. Now, I wonder 
that there's been a shift in the expectations of parents of children as well that's been put into this mix because every now and then I do lots of segments on radio when there's a parent rings up and says, what's going on? I've got this child who does meltdowns if I don't cut the sandwich the right way. And so what am I doing wrong? And I'll just start nearly all the time with, you do know that's developmentally completely normal and appropriate because it's part of their development. It's part of the way that their little immature brain is learning to deal with autonomy and not getting their own way. And I think with toddlers, you know, their language is so limited, but they're feeling all these emotions. And, you know, it might just be because you aren't letting them play with the water in the potty or, you know, you're refusing to let them have toilet paper for breakfast. All these things that seem quite normal to them. But I think we actually have to back ourselves. Like we know that this is kind of normal toddler behaviour, but there's this expectation that if a kid is acting out, that somehow it's the parent's yeah, fault. That's like we're, exactly we're spending a lot I mean. of time these days judging the parents for the behaviour of the kids. I do take it to heart. I do feel that the internet has a lot to blame with <laughs> how people should parent and shouldn't parent and all the people that put in their two cents were. The kids just don't care half the time, you know, as long as it's nothing life-threatening or anything like that. We just roll with it. Yes, I definitely have Googled how to be a good parent. (laughs) I still Google how to be a good parent, or I think about how to be a good parent, but I know that I'm a pretty good parent already. Okay, so when I typed in how to be a good parent into a search engine, the first page is littered with incredibly different things, articles which say 50 easy ways to be a fantastic parent, what are the traits of good parents, 10 good parenting tips. Is there any benefit to anyone clicking on any of those links? Oh, look, you could always learn something, but those sorts of things are, I often find they're so wet and sort of sad and completely impractical. Make sure you put your phone down when the children are present. Well, I can only parent because I've got my phone because it enables me to send a sneaky work email or send a Facebook message to my friend. And I can do that with the kids around. All that idea that you're supposed to be present and in the moment and creating special memories. Well, I want to create dinner before I've got to take the kids to football, that would be a creation I'd be proud of. And I think they might also trigger parental guilt. And that's another really big one I noticed. Not only did they beat themselves up, but, you know, massively feel guilty for days. How do you find parental guilt? Look, I think it's one of the biggest issues. I've done many, many interviews about this book and the ditch, the guilt seems to be the message that is resonating most strongly. And what people need to realise is that no one cares as much as you about how you're raising your kids. I think that we are thinking that everybody's watching us, everybody's judging us, all the mums at the school gate or the mothers-in-law or the parental experts who are writing the checklists. No one actually cares. If you look below the surface, they're probably paddling like little mad ducks as well. We've got to stop assuming that everyone else has got it together and they in turn are judging us because you know what? They're not. Okay, Susie, so ditch the guilt's obviously one of your parenting tips. Tell me a couple of your other half-assed parenting tips that you would love to leave with parents right now. Well, I think drop your standards is a really good one. (laughs) And I had someone who interviewed me who said, oh, that sounds like a passport to mediocrity. I was thinking, actually, what's wrong with a bit of mediocrity here and there? If you give your kids toasted sandwiches for dinner, because that means you get to have a glass of wine with the girls, or it means that you say no to an extra activity on the weekend, so you get to spend a bit of time in the park. Like, I think we are bashing ourselves senseless, trying to be perfect, trying to present this image of high 
high standards and, you know, we're really nailing it. And so I think giving ourselves permission to do less, to say no, to take the kids to the park and leave them there. Stop trying to impress other people because they don't really care what you're doing. And the really important one, I think, is trust your gut. All the people who are saying, I'm really worried my kids are on screens too much or, oh, should I be making every meal from scratch? If you're asking that question, then you probably already know the answer. Probably, yes, your kids are on too much screens and probably you don't have to worry about making every meal from scratch because it takes up a huge amount of your time. So we already know the answers and what we're seeking is other people's affirmation to tell us how to raise our own kids. I'm loving that message that really the research shows that good enough parents raise pretty awesome kids. So hopefully anyone out there listening who's just had one of those mornings, you know, when the lunchbox (laughs) is still on the uh, table at home and uh, your child gets off the uh, bus and leaves their backpack there, you haven't failed. It's just life and every single time we have an opportunity to learn more. Susie, thank you so much for your wonderfully passionate message about be just a good enough one. Thank you, Maggie. I'm really good at taking the pressure off. I've never thought about the social pressure of parenting. I've never worried about it. I don't really let other people's views or opinions bother me. And I just like to have a good time and so does she. We are on our own. We don't have close family. So I try not to put too much pressure on myself. I do support them with driving or providing things for them. But other than that, I don't put too much pressure on myself because, yeah, I'm a single parent as well. So, yeah, I'm trying to do my best. I'm definitely much better in in helping other people. I was walking the other day and there was a lady really struggling with her two children and they were carrying on and screaming. And I just said to her, you're doing a great job, Mum. Anyway, she caught up to me later on and I thought, oh, she's going to have a go at me. And she said, thank you so much. She said, I've been having a really bad day and... You just made my day so much better. Thank you. So I have one big request for all parents who are listening. Let yourself off the hook. Seriously, put the stick down you're beating yourself with. Kids need opportunities to navigate and negotiate the world around them so that every time you make a mistake, every time you're late picking them up or you have to break a promise to them, you are actually giving them a chance to build resilience, to experience disappointment and to learn to solve their own problems. So get your kids to do more things than you think they're capable of. No, seriously, make your own lunch. Accept the good and the bad and the incredibly difficult as all just part of the journey. Please laugh when you muck up. Please laugh when they muck up rather than getting really upset. And when you might be a little bit late or you forget book week or you accidentally slam their finger in a car door, apologise and love them deeply afterwards and then just move on. Don't let that guilt creep in. We don't need it. If you want more tips for letting yourself off the hook, check out a great episode of Ladies We Need to Talk that's all about reducing the mental load. What a lot of women don't realise about the mental load is that it's not just about who does what or feeling aggrieved. It's literally about our mental health and our longevity and our self-worth and our identity. That's solving the mental load from Ladies We Need to Talk, 
and you can find it on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. Next time, raising teen boys. Watching your son reach adolescence can feel like an alien has replaced them overnight. But if you know what to look for, adolescence can be much more gradual and you can prepare yourself and him for the journey ahead. They're overwhelmed by hormones and, and muscle growth and hair and, and all of a sudden they're waking up in the morning or going to school and they've got massive erections and, you know, it's all happening and it's like... It's <laughs> Wet out patches of in the bed. <laughs> yeah, they've got no one to talk to about it. That's next on Parental as Anything with me, Maggie Dent. <laughs> 